Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. This is, uh, of course, uh, Joe Doman and uh, Father John, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Uh, we are not yet uh, multilingual, so we're Someday we will do a... By next September. ...podcast we'll, in Espanol. Actually, Goebel is uh, hilarious uh, in Spanish. He, he only really knows uh, cuss words and things that he picked up from... Uh, kind of watching like uh, Telemundo or something like that. Like, and so he just knows how to say really romantic phrases. Um, we had a guy come from Mexico uh, a couple years ago who didn't speak any English at all. And Goebel knew like maybe eight words in Spanish. And within like five minutes had the guy like rolling over laughing. Because he just was, they were like eating ice cream. And Goebel was just like, yo soy el gordo. <laughs> when I was in Mexico with him, he... Uh, uh, he, uh, he would just sing Shakira songs, and the guys would just uh, die. We stayed at the seminary in Medida, Mexico. Worst month of my life. We'll tell you about it some other time. But, uh, yeah, he was kind of a uh, kind of a pop star for the month we were down there. So, But we don't want to talk about El that. El Gobel. We, we don't want to get his uh, – they called him Suncho. Suncho. What does that mean? Uh, marshmallow. Because <laughs> he was white and soft. So, anyways <laughs> – Probably a disgusting uh, introduction for you there, but that is fantastic. Joe Doman is uh, uh, on our topic today. We're back in uh, his bedroom, which is a complete <laughs> disaster. It is a disaster. I'm sorry, mom. Um, yeah, sorry, Mrs. Doman. But uh, the truth is, uh, you know, truth has, to, like be my, has my, to be proclaimed. My, my room is always a reflection of my life. Like if my room is tidy, I think things are pretty going pretty well. And uh, if everything uh, is like this, my life's pretty much in shambles. So Yeah, uh, that's a good, good description. It's a, a, kind of a disaster with a semblance of the intellectual life, a couple <laughs> books, semblance of a spiritual life, a couple icons. That's right. Semblance of my influence from living here. That's right. You're, uh, you know, English, I don't know, what do you call those? Oh, the Brits, I don't know. Brits? But uh, what I do love is this recliner, uh, which is Phil Bartline's grandfather's. Uh, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's, it looks like it's out of a 1970s airliner, but... Yeah, it's great. It's the best. This is the best thing in your room. So. I agree. I agree with that. Well, I'm going to London in two days, so we better get to the topic. Sure. Here. And Okay, so we today uh, are talking about justice and mercy. So it's justice kind of, and mercy. Yeah, kind of vague topic, but I think it's kind of important because, you know, we have this idea of we know that God is just, and we know that God is merciful. And so many times we see the two as contradictory. Maybe like the God of the Old Testament is the God who's all, he's right. all concerned about justice. He's all concerned about, okay, this is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing wrong. When you're doing something wrong, you know, I'm going to send in the nations to totally obliterate you. And I just need to justify my wrath, you know. And then Jesus comes along and he's all about, you know, loving people and mercy. And um, and that's just, I mean, th- that's not how it is, but that is how people perceive it. Right. Uh, and so we know God's merciful. Is God still just? Does that still work out? Or right. if he's just, like, how does that go with mercy? Um, and Psalm 85 is, you know, I'm sure people have heard this. I think it's in Advent when it talks about uh, mercy and faithfulness have embraced and justice and peace have kissed. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this this prophecy that's fulfilled in Christ that somehow mercy and justice uh, are no longer opposed, but they are embracing. So I'm happy you um, chose this topic because I have a Bible study with some young adults uh some young married couples and I kind of threw this out there that exact the question you had and it was interesting to hear kind of grappling with it what they say well it was basically either justice just gets assimilated into mercy or and justice is bad that was kind of the whole thing justice is bad mercy mm. is good and mercy kind of sucks it all in yeah um, but it wasn't reconciled it didn't make sense and I said justice is a good thing you know yeah I was like if you're if your parental approach was you know 
uh, for like Polly and his, you know, your brother and his kids, it would be like my parental approach is just straight mercy. You All know? the time. Like I'm never going to be just with my child. They would be disasters, you know. They'd be like Father Brian Larkin, who never had chores, but somehow has amazing virtue. So but we won't talk about him. He's already been slandered enough on this thing. So how would you describe justice? Well, you want me to give the answer right away? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about it. <sighs> okay. Justice is uh, giving to one that which is their due, right? Mm-hmm. According to Aristotle. Right. It's one of the four uh, principal cardinal virtues, the hinge virtues, so to speak. Mercy is the disclosed in the uh, Jewish world as chesed, right? God's said steadfast love. It's the most definitive attribute of God in the uh, Pentateuch. Hmm. And it works its way all the way through. Old Testament. Old Testament. So mercy, has said, is there in the Old Testament. I do not desire sacrifice, but mercy. So, I mean, in the Psalms, it's very, very clear. Hmm. And uh, there's something that awakens in the Jewish mind in the writing of the Psalms after the um, destruction of Israel, you know, and uh, after the Babylonian exile, that there's this kind of awakening to the need for God's mercy and that justice has been affected and right. enacted. Hmm. So they're living where justice for their sins has destroyed the Holy Land, they're in slavery and captivity, and they're asking, what is this? And that's what some of these beautiful prophecies are coming out of, not to get into all the historical, critical, and timing things, but there's something that awakens in them as a people um, a plea for mercy in the last couple centuries before Christ. Hmm. It's interesting that you really can't have mercy without a sense of justice mm-hmm. either. Like if you don't have justice, mercy's no longer mercy. Yeah. Like justice is giving another what's what they deserve. Right. Giving another what's their due, um, and mercy is kind of uh, giving them more than they deserve. Right. Uh, and not, sometimes not giving them what they deserve, or, or not giving them what they deserve, more love than they deserve. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you, like from our standpoint, approaching approaching God, if we don't have a sense of justice, then we no longer, mercy no longer makes any sense because then mercy is just like, oh yeah, God's merciful. So like God's going to love me because I just mm-hmm. need, it doesn't matter what I do ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. because I know God's going to be merciful. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have a sense of like, no, actually my sin merits death mm-hmm. and punishment, you know, like I am, I'm taking, I'm, by sin, I'm cutting myself off. Uh, from God, I'm severing that relationship with God, who is the source of my life, who is my strength, who's everything, and the result of that is going to be death and suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't understand that, that's kind of what justice demands of sin, then mercy becomes like, oh yeah, you know, it doesn't matter what I do because we can't really receive an act, of, a gift of mercy, unless we know what we deserve. Yeah, because mercy, justice is is always what we deserve. Mercy is always a gift. We can never like deserve. God's mercy, right? You know, it always has to be bestowed on us freely, and that has to be played out in the sacrament of confession. That's why there has to be contrition, hmm. a profound sense of like I have to be fully aware of the injustice that I have caused, and thus the justice that I deserve, which is death and condemnation, before I s- repent and receive God's mercy. Yeah. Now, it, yeah, it's kind of like that parable Christ tells about uh, the king and his servant who owes him all this money, right? And he's like, okay, you know, you're going to be thrown in prison, your family and everything. And the guy begs on the ground and pleads for mercy. And the king actually has mercy on him. Uh, But then when the guy goes out and does the same thing to a fellow servant who owes him some money and he starts choking him and stuff like that, it's clear that he doesn't understand that what the king did for him was a great gift. Um, And he's exacting the, you know, he's exacting justice upon his, he basically shows by his actions that he didn't understand what a gift it was that exactly. he received. He didn't understand how unworthy he was of that. Um, and so the, when the king sees that, you know, he's totally troubled and basically says, 
you know, because you didn't receive this gift of, as mercy, uh, then, you know, mercy is not going to be shown to you. And it's just, uh, it's good. It's interesting that we have to, we have to kind of understand what our sin means, you know, in yeah. order to receive the gift of mercy. And are you ready for the answer? What's the, you didn't just give the answer? Uh-uh. What is it? No, because we still haven't really explained how on a cosmic level, justice and mercy have kissed. Ah, have like embraced. with Christ. You ready for this? This is Give Balth- it to me. This is Balthazar's oh, freaking awesome answer to this question. Oh, I love it. And it was really great letting them grapple with this in my Bible study and being like, all right, you want the answer? I sounded like this, like sage, but like, everything's stolen from Balthazar. Let's just be honest. He says this. How are justice and mercy reconciled? In Christ who will become sin. He takes on all of the injustice in the world and Christ suffers the justice from God the Father at the moment of his crucifixion. He suffers and in his death by taking on all of sin, all of injustice, reconciles justice in the world and so is free to dispense with that injustice because it has been reconciled in himself, namely by giving mercy. Does that make sense? So all justice has been accounted for in Christ, and thus he has the freedom to disclose mercy. Does that make sense? Like he satisfies the wrath of he God. He satisfies, well, not the wrath, but yeah, but the the injustice of the world. So how do you, what do you do with this? And what do you do with somebody who's like, okay, it just sounds like God's really ticked off that there's a bunch of sin and he's going to get blood either way. So, you know, Jesus is like, okay, have my blood. I mean, in some ways, I think that's how it can sound. What do you do with that? Like, why why does God need to have his justice satisfied? Well, because of the covenant that they enter into in the very beginning of creation and in time binds them. It's not just a contract where it can be broken, but it's a, it's a covenant that's very binding in the person. Hmm. So it's about death. It's not about blood primarily, but it's about death is the, the only act for the injustice and the breaking of the covenant is death because it binds the very life of the person. Yeah, from Deuteronomy, choose life or death. Choose life if or death. you do these things... If you if you are faithful to the covenant, you will live in the land be secure. And so all the not. blood sacrificed in the Old Testament, it's not about God wanting blood sacrifices. It is that this is the nature of the covenant. We've imposed this upon ourselves. So it's not that God wants it. It's that God becomes man to take that on and then die in the stead of that hmm. and to reconcile the world to the Father and then can dispense mercy as fit. Huh. That's really cool. Isn't that sweet? That is really sweet. Wealthy. My brother David told me this story uh, while he was, we, David and I were talking about this yesterday, and he has a, he has five kids, one, two, three, four. David has five kids? He, they're, they're pregnant. They're expecting their fifth right oh, now. Congratulations. Which is wild. But they adopted two because they hadn't been having kids for a while. But so their two kids they adopted are Greg and Leah. All right. Greg's a little, I don't know if he's black or Mexican or what. Uh, and then Leah's my goddaughter. She's a little Mexican girl. So cultured. So cute, man. Um, but anyway. So David is a, he, you know, when it comes to parenting, he's, he, he got the justice part down. You know, he, he's very clear with this because he's not like angry or flipping out at them all the time. He's a really great parent actually. And, um, but he, you know, he'll tell the kids, if you do this, these are the consequences. And he follows through with them because, you know, he has to, they have to learn the consequence of their actions. So they went to mass on All Saints Day, day after Halloween. And the kids were just horrible, horrible mass. Greg and Leah would not behave. Five-year-old, three-year-old, just total wreck. And so David told them, okay, if you guys can't be good at mass, you can't have your Halloween candy. You know, this is the consequence. And so until you show me that you can be behave at mass and not be, you know, causing a fuss the whole time, you can't have Halloween candy. Of course, this is like the worst punishment in the oh, world. Yeah, and yeah. so they had to wait till Sunday to go to mass again and be good at mass. 
And so they go to mass, and David makes sure he reminds them, you know, remember, guys, if you're good, you can get your Halloween candy, but you have to be good at mass. Um, and so, you know, mass goes through, and it was, you know, Greg was great. Leah was a total disaster. That's my goddaughter. Not doing <laughs> enough prayers, I guess, but... Um, you know, they get back home and, okay, was Greg, Greg, was Greg good at mass? And, oh yeah, Greg was great at mass. You know, he sat still and behaved. Oh, Greg, you know, that's great. You can get your candy, you know. Oh yeah. Well, Leah, was Leah good at mass? Oh no. Uh, he held Leah for like half the mass, but then during the Eucharistic prayer, she got down, was, you know, got in a big fight about whether or not she was going to have gum out of mom's purse <laughs> during the Eucharistic prayer and all these things just, and had a temper tantrum kind of in the back of church. And so no, Leah wasn't good at mass. And so Leah couldn't have candy. And, uh, and and she she seemed to not very care very much, you know. But Greg's sitting there eating his candy, all happy. And then Greg, Greg goes up to David, and he's like, "Dad, is is it okay if I give Leah some of my candy?" <laughs> and uh, and he was just like, it was a beautiful moment yeah. of like, Greg being like, "Okay, I have kind of satisfied the justice here," but uh, so on, on because of Greg's merit in some sense, Leah gets to receive. And David, of course, was like, "Yeah, of course, Greg. You know, if you want to share your with Leah, you can." So if David was like, "This is like." He's like, because for him, the whole justice and mercy thing kind of made sense theoretical, yeah, through through theoretically, but emotionally, he like it just didn't like click until he had this experience of like, oh yeah, this is how justice and mercy are like actually really tied together. Because from his standpoint as a parent, like, yeah, you know, these these contracts we make actually mean something, you know, and I can't just be let them go as if you know that's just that's not mercy or justice. That's just being a, a doormat. Right. Um. But there's something beautiful here that was expressed. And just the, I'm sure so many people have this kind of experience uh, in their families where kind of these truths that are written into reality and are part of, you know, uh, our nature uh, and that we receive from God are just amazing.